0: Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon podcast. I am your host, Alana Mercedes, and I'm your guest, Sheree Hager. Welcome to the show, Sheree. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm thrilled to be here. Sheree is the co-founder and CEO of Salt, a woman-owned period care company with the vision of making cleaner, more sustainable period care accessible to everyone, and I came across Salt. Actually, it's the first menstrual cup company. I didn't even know menstrual cup um, cups existed. So I'm really excited to talk to you. And if you can just start off by sharing something about you that maybe the audience wouldn't know just by looking at your Instagram or learning about the company that you run.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question. So I taught a martial art called Brazilian capoeira for 10 years. <laughs> oh, nice. So- which is super fun. I get to sing in Portuguese and play crazy instruments and do backflips. And it's just something I've always loved my whole life.
0: How did you, how did that even come about?
1: It was, well, I say my whole life, but it's because, um, I also spent some time in Brazil growing up, but I learned it in college and that's actually how I met my husband. So little, little unique tidbit there.
0: Oh, very nice. Okay. So actually we're going to um, talk about your husband too, since he is the co-founder of Salt with you. But uh, first, if you can just tell me your, how the idea came about with Salt, like your mission, your reason, how everything started.
1: Yeah. So the spark for Salt came from a phone call I had with our aunt in Venezuela, and it's actually his aunt. I'm actually Argentine and he's Venezuelan. And she'd gone without pads and tampons for years because of the political instability there. Uh, it caused huge shortages of basic consumer staples like food and hygiene supplies and grocery store shelves were literally empty. And it's something that we've all felt a little bit more now going through this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but at the time it was a foreign situation. So I immediately thought of my five daughters and what I would do in that situation. And that led to a lot of research in what other reusable options were out there. And that's when I was first introduced to the menstrual cup and I was I just kept thinking, where has this been my whole life? You mean it's cleaner, it's non-toxic, you can wear it for 12 hours at a time, you can sleep with it in, it lasts 10 years, what is this? (laughs) And I bought several to try out, and I loved them, but I couldn't find one that really worked great with my anatomy. So I roped my husband into helping me create and design a custom model in a 3D CAD, and we got to work to create what we hoped would be the most comfortable and easiest to use cup for the mainstream consumer. It took about 14 iterations to get the design right, but that was our flagship product.
0: Do you remember your, because your, you, I know you're saying like, what is this thing? That's the same way I felt when I came across menstrual cups. Like for you, did you kind of grow up having this disdain for it because you didn't have something as simple as a menstrual cup? Totally. Just like everybody else. You know, I, I used tampons
1: early on Um, hated pads, you know, just, Mm -hmm. it was an inconvenience. And the cup has changed that for me, It changes it for a lot of people. It's really life-changing is the number one thing we hear when people become cup users. And it's because it really is, it's a cleaner experience and you totally forget you're on your period.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I actually came from pads. I think a lot of girls will kind of mimic whatever their mom or sister are doing. So None of my family ever used tampons. Everybody was using pads. So that's just what I knew when I was kind of afraid to use tampons. And then with the cup, I'm like, this seems even scarier, but yeah, life-changing is the word I heard across the board. So what would you say were your struggles in starting your company?
1: Well, the first one is, can we even be profitable for selling a reusable product that lasts 10 years? (laughs) (laughs) You know, most successful CPG businesses tie their profits to disposables that you need to buy over and over again each month. And that's why they're so profitable. And here we're looking at selling something that lasts 10 years. And we've actually had our cup stress tested and found out that it can last even longer than that um, when it's gone through you know, 10 years of use. And so I think the beauty was that profit really wasn't our main driver. We just thought this product is way too good not to get out to the mainstream consumer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that too, because when I first purchased mine, I thought it was something I'm going to, you know, it's going to say like change every three to six months or something. And so when I saw 10 years, I thought that's wild. And I see it's kind of the standard, right. Or like the, um, recommended guide, but I've seen people also mentioning that they've had theirs beyond 10 years. Mm -hmm. No, it can really last up to 40 if you have oh, wow. 100%
1: medical grade silicone, and like I said, worth our cup that comes from really premium materials, we found that it can last much longer. You know, another struggle that we had early on that I just thought of is just taboos. We were entering mm. into this product category that's really taboo for a lot of people. And you have these long held stigmas around periods that have really stifled innovation to develop better period care options for women. And we knew that we, the way that we presented our products, our brand, and our voice would be really critical. To shift the consumer mindset around reusable products, so really that stigma presented both our greatest challenge, but also an amazing opportunity to be able to retell the story. So we decided to do a few things that would really change that stigma. We took it head on. We created a beautiful high end package that placed the cup on a pedestal. So when you opened it, opened Mm -hmm. like high end lipstick was really Instagram worthy, looked beautiful, and then also in just the way we approached the topic of periods. With our authoritative, but also really approachable voice so that we can educate and help people feel really comfortable talking about periods. And so we've been very deliberate in how we created our brand imagery and also Mm -hmm. our voice to really elevate venture cups to sit on the same shelves as all the personal care items that are, you know, take a wellness and holistic approach.
0: Yeah, that is something that really stuck out to me I purchased the salt cup I got the wash I have a package of or like a combination of the underwear and just was impressed by the brand the way everything's packaged, which actually leads me into if you can go into the story of how you came up with the name Salt.
1: Yeah. So it, a lot of people ask us if it's an acronym, doesn't stand for anything. (laughs) We just wanted a word that would invoke this return to the natural, something that was basic and essential Mm. for the human body. Salt is, and it is for the landscape. So we use a lot of landscaping in our, in our imagery and in our brand. So we also wanted something that was going to be one syllable that we could copyright. So we thought of the name salt and we added an A and voila.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the driving force for me. I wanted to try it. I thought about it for about a year, maybe two years and didn't want to actually go and get the cup. And when I thought about what it's going to actually do for our environment and made me actually jump on the opportunity. And then would you say there's any other struggles or anything like you wish you would have known beforehand before starting the company? You know,
1: I think that entrepreneurship is a journey and I really Mm -hmm. believe in failing forward. So I would say that even though there's been struggles um, I wouldn't change anything about the journey because all of those learnings and insights just help you progress. So I think that for anyone who's who is, you know, going into the field of entrepreneurship trying to start their own business, I think all those failures are just a way to progress forward.
0: Okay, and then maybe that is your answer, but if there's one piece of advice that you feel someone either gave you to push you forward or something that you would give someone else just starting a business, what would that be? The
1: most common question that my husband and I get asked is What did you do before you started your business? You know, did you create a business plan? Did you take a class? Did you get a degree? And really it's all about just jumping in and problem solving. We say, no, we just started. (laughs) (laughs) And that that's really what entrepreneurship is. It's problem solving and it's being willing to get your hands dirty to go learn. You kind of become a jack of all trades. And you just need to you just need to start. You need to jump in with both feet and have that grit and hustle to make it happen.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I agree. So is there anything specific that you would pinpoint that you're constantly evolving in or, or learning from? This has been
1: the largest company with the most number of employees that we've had. So we're up to 40 employees now. Okay. And I find that I'm really working on my managerial and leadership skills because as an entrepreneur, it's been mostly in the background. It's been, you know, my husband and I just doing the daily hustle. And so manage, you know, manager experience is not something that I've had. So that's something that I've had to really grow into and stretch. And we have this really stellar six person leadership team. And I feel like we're always growing together and doing trainings. And I'm, I'm just constantly reading and researching. I'm such a reader and I, mm. I'm able to learn so much from, you know, others who've already been there.
0: Awesome. And then since you do work with your husband too, how do you keep your, how do you stay organized? Your work-life balance? How do you, you know, here we're working on something together and then putting that aside and going home at the end of the day? That's a great question because we have a large family. So we have five daughters under
1: the age of 14. Oh, wow. And managing our our big family plus our business when we're both working full time is certainly, you know, a little bit of a feat. Mm -hmm. But there's a term that I really like from a podcast called startups.com and it's called work-life optimization. And I like it in favor of work-life balance. It really is more of work-life integration where it's not that you're trying to separate both of them, but instead you're trying to maximize both of them together because your work is your life in in so many ways. You know, what we do is so fulfilling, especially because of the impact that we make. And I can go into that a little bit later, but it's it's not something that I just want to step away from. Now, of course we do. (laughs) We do step away from it and we try to give time to our family when we get home and we're really deliberate about that. But it's something that we can enjoy fully. So it's not just work and life. One thing that I do that, uh, it's been really helpful for me is having a very strong morning ro- routine, and I really feel like you can achieve success in a few key areas of life that really bring the most fulfillment to you if you take steps to create that in your daily routine and include what's most important to you at the first part of the day. So there's a really good book that's called Essentialism, and it's such a fantastic book about the discipline and pursuit of less, and it's all about identifying those vital few areas and then living your life to the fullest around those vital food areas. So I did that early on when we started salt and it's been game-changing for me. So I love it because it's a beautiful way to live because you can get what matters most at the beginning of the day. And then whatever happens the rest of the day, you already start the day feeling fulfilled and you allow yourself and give yourself permission
0: to have fun the rest of the day. Essentialism. Okay. I'm going to add that to yeah. the episode notes. And then Obviously, without getting too personal, but since you said you do have five daughters under the age of 14, what would you, how would you kind of guide a mother maybe that's wanting to talk to her daughter about menstrual products or possibly trying the cup? It is, it's not newer, but I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. So how's that something you can kind of teach people about or teach a a young um, adult about?
1: Yeah the cup has a learning curve, just like using a tampon for the first time. Anytime you're asking a young daughter to insert something into the, to the vaginal canal, there's going to be a little trepidation there. Mm -hmm. So even my, my own daughter, she helped us develop our teen cup that we came up with last year. And at first she told me, she said, mom, I know you own a menstrual cup company, but I'm (laughs) going to start with tampons. (laughs) She started with pads. She said, I just have to try a tampon. And I said, that's okay. I mean, it's not something we can pressure children into. They have to right. know, be able to learn that on their own. And um, I would say, I would tell them it takes one moment of bravery. That's all it takes is yeah. to put it in, whether you're putting in a tampon, whether you're putting in a menstrual cup, uh, when you teach them how to fold it, it becomes a little bit less, I guess, scary for them. But I would tell them to, first of all, try our teen cup because it's, it's a smaller size. It's, it's mm-hmm. better for the beginner and for especially the young and smaller anatomies. And really, I've actually found that the younger generation is more excited about sustainable products than the older generation. I remember when we did our Teen Cup focus group, there was a group of young teens and their mothers, and their mothers were like, hey, I wanna keep my gentle glide. I don't even wanna learn about this. And the teens were stoked to be able to have a sustainable product because they're inheriting this world that has these massive plastic pollution problems. They want this to be fixed. They don't want their own children to inherit this world. So they are ready to make those changes. Whereas the older generation, you know, just doesn't have the same kind of drivers.
0: Right. It's like, it's more of a like set in your way kind of thing. Um, It's actually funny because I was having a conversation with my grandmother about a month ago and I told her that I tried or that I started using the menstrual cup and she knows I had never tried tampons. And then I'm talking to my grandmother who's a lot older than me and I'm telling her about the situation. She's telling me like, okay, welcome to like, modernism, welcome (laughs) to like the 21st century. And I'm just like, how behind am I?
1: (laughs) I'm laughing. My, my mom, she passed away two years ago, but, um, I I don't think she actually believed that our product was a real thing. (laughs) She's like, Oh, okay. You know, she, she, uh, it was, it was pretty funny, but the good news with my daughter that I forgot to mention was that Mm. after she tried, she helped us develop this teen cup. And after she tried the cup, it took two days. And she said oh my goodness, mom, why do people even use tampons? It's so much better. <laughs> so I felt like that was a major
0: win. Yeah, okay, that's good to know. I have a, I have a niece that I, I'd love for her and my sister to, to get on board, but like you said, you, don't, you can't pressure. It's, a, it's their yeah. one moment, yeah. So can you, I know I would have maybe my own explanation, but just the details of like, what is a menstrual cup? Um, you know, how is someone choosing the correct size or firmness for them? How do they know like where to start?
1: Yeah. So a menstrual cup is a medical grade silicone cup that you insert and it, rather than absorbing your flow, it collects your flow. So you collect it in the cup and then you take it out, dump it, and then reinsert it back in by folding it. So that's the basics of how it works. You can wear it for up to 12 hours, which is amazing. It holds three to four more, um, three to four times the amount of a tampon, which means that you can wear it for longer And it's something that you don't have to worry about as long. You can also leave it in as you're going to the bathroom. So you can put it in, in the morning, go to work, take it out at night, or you can go to school, take it out at night and dump it at that time. If you have a heavier flow, then, you know, four to six hours is about as long as you can go. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing because you can buy one cup, have it last 10 years, have one in your purse. If you want one in your car, that's it. No more tampon aisle. You don't have to worry about about buying disposables anymore, which is one of the you know, best perks of using a cup. Um, as far as what makes salt unique, so we really focus on our premium products. Mm-hmm. So we make sure to make sure that our silicone is sourced in the US, that it's also, you know, completely medical grade. Sometimes you have cups that are made overseas, a lot of them that are sold on Amazon or made in China. They, they have silicone fillers and you don't know the safety of that. We're mm-hmm. also FDA registered and compliant which, uh, takes a, a lot of, a lot of effort to make sure that we apply with those standards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Something else that makes salt really unique is that we have a stellar cup coaching team. So we have real humans in our office that you can talk to, that you can chat with, um, that you can, you know, do a live chat with, or that you can email. We also have a 26,000 member Facebook group that's called the salt cup. Academy. It.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> That's you can imagine I got
1: started asking all the questions in there. Yeah. There is no TMI in there. <clears throat> There's no TMI. Yeah. It is it every question that you could possibly think of has been asked in that, yes. in that Academy. And it's so fun to, to hear what people are asking, but you can get real-time answers from the cup community along with our, our cup coaches as well. So it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible the kind of support you get when you choose the salt cup. There's also a few differences just in our cup itself. So Mm -hmm. it has this unique bulb shape that makes it so that you have less leaks and it it mitigates leaking for people. Whereas, you know, there's other cups that are V-shaped that collapse more, and this one holds more steady in the vaginal canal. It also has a really soft, soft, flexible stem that's very comfortable for people. It doesn't have grip rings that can irritate. And then it goes through this cryogenic deflashing process, which is a pretty amazing process that leaves the cup feeling really velvety smooth. So it doesn't have any irritating seams along the edges.
0: Awesome. And then what is your advice when it comes to cleaning? If someone says, you know, what am I supposed to do if I have to change it when I'm at work or I'm on vacation or I'm camping or whatever? Like, what are those options?
1: Yeah, we always recommend that you boil your cup before you first get it. So three to five minutes, uh, five to seven minutes max. And then after that, as you're using your cup, it just takes a rinse, you know, in between uses. So when you take it out, you can rinse it. You can take a peri bottle or a water bottle with you to the toilet, rinse it out right there. Or if you are able to get to a sink, then you can. People always ask, you know, how do I clean it in the public restroom? That's Mm -hmm. the number one question. And the short answer is you don't even have to take the cup out half the time, unless you have a heavy flow day and you can just leave it in, go to the bathroom and that it's no issue. Um, if you have a sink within your bathroom, you can, you know, wash it right there, or you can always just wipe it with toilet paper, a wet paper towel, or like I said, a water bottle in the stall. And then after, so in between your cycles, you do want to boil it, or you can also wipe it with 70% isopropyl alcohol to make sure and sanitize it between your cycles. And then you keep it in, you know, just the carry bag that it comes with. You don't want to put in a plastic container. You want to make sure it breathes. So just a fabric bag is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips. I think in the beginning of me using it, if I had to, you know, I am home a lot now with the pandemic, but anytime I had to step out, if I had to run to the store. I'm just like, I'm just going to wear a pad because I was afraid of if I had to take it out or like what that would be like, is it still, you know, a learning curve, but is there any specific advice you'd give to someone learning curve as far as like you mentioned the folds of just knowing what they're doing or, you know, a lot of people don't know the direction it's even supposed to go in.
1: Yeah. So you want to insert it more horizontally toward your tailbone instead of vertically, like a tampon. Mm-hmm. And really the number one thing to prevent leaks, to make sure you position it right is making sure you know where your cervix is. So yes. I didn't know more my cervix height was. When I first use a cup, <laughs> it's same, something that you same. learn when you become a cup user and mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing when people become cup users, they become empowered to know their bodies and flow better. And so this mm-hmm. is something that, you know, we always guide cup users to do is, reach on in there and try to feel your cervix. If you can't feel it, then you probably have a high cervix. It feels like the tip of your nose with the hole in it. It's just soft cartilage. And if you can, if you can feel it and you can get to like your second knuckle, it's a medium cervix. You know, if you get to the first knuckle, then you have a lower cervix, but really you want to position that cup. So it's directly under your cervix and it's not to the side of it and it's not folded somehow. So it just needs to sit right under there and then it's collecting it just fine.
0: Right. And that's that's also... Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's also common for your cervix to often move throughout your cycle, right? Mm -hmm. It can move lower during your period and it can move higher. So you can, it's better, it's best to
1: to check it while you're on your period. So you can know exactly where to place it, but positioning is the number one reason why people leak. And so when you get the positioning right, then, then you're golden. The other advice I would give is that we came out with our period underwear line called our saltware. Yeah. And it's basically a built in liner that absorbs and it's amazing because we really engineered it to be the thinnest and most comfortable uh, gusset, so that it felt like regular underwear. It's pretty magical what it can hold. I went eight hours on my heaviest day on with our saltware, no leaking at all. Um, my best advice is to use the cup in tandem with the period underwear. So when you're first learning to use it, if you have any leaking or if you have any spotting, then you've got totally covered. I mean, it's just mm. there's no way you can have full confidence like that. You can wear white pants, you can you know, have all day shifts at work or at school yeah. and you're, you're totally golden.
0: Okay. Perfect. And then how would you say that salt has evolved since you first founded the company?
1: I would say mostly in our product lines. So we started out with our flagship cup, which was our original cup. It's a little bit of a heavier firmness so that it can open easily. And then we have a softer line for those that have had any cramping or discomfort with the firmer cups and they can use our soft line. We also have our teen cup that we launched last year. And then beyond that, we have our new saltware line and it's beautiful. It's this gorgeous underwear that was designed in Paris by a French lingerie designer. And we really wanted people to feel beautiful on their periods. And it's just, like I said, it's magical. It's thinner than anything else out there. And whether you want to use it as a direct pad replacement, which totally works, you can free flow into it. And then you just, you know, take it off. You can hand wash it, throw it in the washing machine. You just want to make sure it hang dries. But um, that's, that's how we've evolved. We really wanted to give people a yeah. fully reusable and sustainable period care experience. And the beauty is you can use it also use it beyond period care. So for bladder leaks or for postpartum or just the regular discharge that every woman deals with through, throughout their cycle. Right. Because,
0: because we are leaking something 24 days out of the month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so how would you say if there's any other reasons other than what we've discussed, but if there's any other um, ways in which menstrual cups have changed, changed the game, essentially, like we know it's great for the environment. We know it's sustainable. It's saving people money. It's, it's, it's life-changing for people, but what else would you say has made it so life changing. If it's in regards to the cup or even the um, salt underwear that you have,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, you
1: really hit the nail on the
0: head. Life changing is the number one phrase that we hear from our
1: customers. They mm-hmm. say, "Oh my gosh, this is such a cleaner experience. I forget I'm on my period." What it what it really is yes. is it provides people confidence and freedom. So that worry that we have, as you know, grown women or as young you know, young adults who are going to school and you have that worrying anxiety. Am I going to leak through? What do I need? Do I need a pack tampon? It just takes that all away. So life-changing is is amazing to be able to know that we're changing so many lives every day. And what I would say is I'd really extend that to our impact efforts because we're a certified B Corp, which means that we are donating 2% of our top line revenue to, well, really three main pillars, and that's improving menstrual health and helping with girls education by funding scholarships for girls, because as soon as girls get their period, then school dropout rates just start to skyrocket overseas in developing oh, wow. nations where girls don't have access to period care. Yeah, And the third one is sustainability, and that's direct cleanup efforts of you know, plastic waste that ends up on our beaches and ends up in our landfills. But when, when we talk about our impact, so we do work in 35 countries, we've donated over 25,000 cups across the world. I would say some of our main areas are in Africa, and in Asia, Nepal specifically, and these are areas that have the most need when it comes to menstrual health and access to menstrual products. And these women and girls, it stifles them from going to work. It stifles them from going to school. And if we're able to solve that problem, then suddenly we're giving economic opportunity to women and you are solving the gender pay gap and you're breaking cycles of poverty for generations. So it's life-changing for our consumers here in the U.S. But it is, it goes a whole step beyond that when you're talking about developing nations where girls have so many more barriers than we do in, in our privileged nation here. So it's amazing. So to think, to think that they could get a donation of something, you know, this big, something quite tiny and that it can solve and break cycles of poverty for generations. is just something that fuels me every day.
0: That's amazing. And then, um, well, two questions. So you can choose which one you want to, um, answer first but you reminded me about your the health textbooks textbooks that you've written so Mm -hmm. you know how that's kind of played a role how that came about and then also how we can also be involved so you're like you said working overseas and you're working with these areas with poverty that don't have access to these mental products so how can we get involved in that and then if you can also then jump into the textbooks
1: yeah well um one thing I forgot to mention is because you said how is it game changing for the planet and that's Because when you ever, whenever somebody chooses to use sustainable period care, then they are you know, diverting so much waste from landfills. So the average menstruator uses 11,000 disposable one-time use, you know, often single-use plastic products in their menstrual life. So I would say the number one thing you can do is consider switching Consider switching to re- reusable sustainable products for the health of our planet, because it really, really adds up. Like you said, there's cost savings too. You can save up to $1,500 over, you know, the 10 year life on average and 20 billion menstrual products are disposed of annually in the U S alone. So you can imagine how that adds up. So anytime you're able to, we call it passing the salt, say pass the salt. That's our hashtag, but (laughs) anytime you can make the switch, you can tell a friend about it. It's really just a word of mouth type of thing. People need to hear that other people are making the switch and using it, you know, having a mentor to talk you through it. And as, you, as much as you can share, then you're also helping the planet. So that's the number one thing I would say. Mm-hmm. Also, when you, you are able to purchase from SALT, then it's a given that 2% is going to go help women and girls in need. And it's really about just driving awareness, talking about period poverty, what that means, and helping our you know, community across the world by bringing up awareness and by providing them access to these products. So that's, that's the best thing they can do.
0: Yeah. And then, and then tell us some, a little bit more about the health textbooks that you've written. Yeah. So before I started salt, I was a technical writer in the publishing industry for 15
1: mm-hmm. years. Okay, And, um, the textbooks were actually something I kind of inherited. It's, uh, my father-in-law who wanted to retire and he's, this is really his life leg- legacy where he's written these, um, textbooks on health and fitness. And he said, I want to retire. Can you help me out here? So I, I have been for, you know, the last five years and have been really enjoying that. I've had all the fun chapters like STIs and addiction and, uh, <laughs> and okay. stress. And, you know, we talk about how um, college students can create behavior change and adopt better lifestyle habits through nutrition and wellness, which is wonderful. It's it's a noble it's a noble thing to be able to share.
0: Awesome. And then how has the pandemic affected salt? I know there's, it seems like there's a lot of businesses that are affected and then there's some that seem to be thriving in the midst of the pandemic. So has it affected salt?
1: I would put us in the thriving category. It's really caused an increase um, of awareness around reusable and sustainable products, which I think is great. So the circumstances are unfortunate, but we are happy to see that people are looking. And I think it was really, you know, I tell my, my story about Venezuela where she saw grocery stores just empty overnight and not being able to access basic commodities. And, you know, in 2020, we all felt what that felt like, not being able to get toilet paper and basic commodities. And then the question that I had when I talked with her pops up into your mind. You know, what would I do if I couldn't get disposables? And, you know, that has caused research into what other options there are out there. So very similar process. So we've definitely seen more of an interest. We had you know, an increase in sales on our website by like 60%. We, our customer inquiries have increased by almost 70% since the pandemic started. And it's been great to see. Um, some of the ways that we've really answered the call also is that we've donated over 300 cups to healthcare workers nationwide, because as they were you know, long shifts, sometimes 12 hours or more, trying to deal with the pandemic, having a menstrual cup was able to solve those needs. So. We're really happy to be in a position where we could do that and also help the U.S. military and donated cups to the USO. It's just Mm -hmm. such a great, it's such a great product for everyday, but also for emergency situations. And also because it uses very little, you know, water to be able to sanitize, which is important in our impact efforts overseas, Mm -hmm. because women and girls, rather than having to wash out, you know, reusable pads or cloths or whatever they're using for their periods, um, they can just simply wash it in water quickly boiling is something they do every day for their drinking water. So boiling a cup is easy as well. And they can put it back in. So it's just an ideal solution all around.
0: So here's a, um, kind of going back to what I mentioned. I had only heard about menstrual cups two years tops. Um, and I feel like either people have heard of it and just don't know what it is and really don't look into it, but majority of the people I come across just don't know what it is. So why do you think it is so taboo or like still so unknown knowing how many years it actually does go back?
1: Yeah. So the cup was invented by an actress in the 1930s. So 80 years, how come it's been 80 years and we haven't managed to get the word out about a product. That's so amazing. Yeah. And I really think it comes down to taboos and stigmas because when there's, when there is a stigma, it means that the conversation isn't out in the open. It's hush hush. Right. And when you have those stigmas, it really stifles innovation. So I you know, am entrenched in the menstrual care industry and I have seen firsthand how those long-held stigmas have stifled innovation for centuries for women. It stifles women's progress. When you can't have those conversations when people are scared to talk about it, then you're mm-hmm. not gonna create products that solve those needs. It, also, the feminine care industry has traditionally been um, a very patriarchal industry. So these products were being created by men and not women, and that's changing now, which is amazing to see. To have more women's voices and also the men's voices, because you need all of us to be working together. So I'm a big proponent of equality there, and we do we do a lot to try to try to you know influence, use our business influence to help with women's equality across the world. But I I believe that's really it. It's the stigmas that we need Mm. to change.
0: And and is there anywhere you would suggest? Whether it's a a mother or even someone in like a professional setting of where they can start with the conversation,
1: it's that initial awkwardness that you have as you're speaking that needs to change. So we set the tone of the conversation as menstruators ourselves.
0: Yeah, Um, and I
1: say menstruators because you know periods aren't just a condition for women, but you know are also for transgender men and those that are non-binary. So it's something that we have to use more inclusive language about as well. But I would say that if we feel uncomfortable sharing about periods, then whoever we're talking to, especially our male colleagues, are also going to feel uncomfortable. So if you up that level of comfort and are open and straightforward, then it's amazing how those conversations can open up for everyone. And I see the same with you know our female colleagues, those who identify as female. And so yeah. people of all genders will feel more comfortable as we speak about it and in just an open and honest way. It's funny every time I pitch to bankers and attorneys and retail buyers, or you know, just people passing by at an event booth. You always have that initial awkwardness, but as soon as I start yeah. talking about our impact, our impact mission, and what our product really does, then it quickly turns into meaningful and engaging conversation. When you can engage with someone on a human level, and you know they start to lean in, and you see their body language start to change, and then their mind shift gets switched quickly.
0: Right. Yeah. I, whenever I've approached the conversation with friends or family, it's always like, I put what in my, what, like just the whole concept. (laughs) And it's so funny because some of them use tampons, but they just think like, they see the cup as more as like this item and not specific for menstruation. What would you say are some common myths that you've heard about menstrual cups? There's a lot of them.
1: <laughs> the
0: ones your best. The, the ones I hear a lot is, you know,
1: is it gross? You know, is that of <laughs> just for hippies? You know, <laughs> um, can it get stuck inside of me? And, and you say, oh, no, I've it's heard really, that a lot. It's really cold to sack up, up there. It, it's not going to, you know, cause, can yeah. it cause TSS, which isn't the case because any inserted product at all can cause TSS. And menstrual mm-hmm. sure cups actually have less risk of TSS than than other other products. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that's up there. Is it, it's so big. Can it really fit inside of me? And we're like, well, a baby's head can fit through there. So yes, a cup can and it folds. So it gets quite a bit smaller, but it's just educating around all those questions that people have. They have questions around cleaning. They have questions about fit. Will it be uncomfortable? And, you know, the more we can do to share our experience and educate about it, You know, the more those barriers come down, and people realize that it's a really approachable product. That's actually a cleaner experience. It's actually safer. You're not putting toxins into your body that often come, you know, in tampons, and and you have less risk of infection. So it's it's really a better product all around.
0: Right. Okay. And then I pulled some questions from some of my listeners through Instagram. So if we can have you for a few more minutes, I can cover some of those. Um, the, The first one I have here is: Can I use Can I use the menstrual cup if I have an IUD? Uh, We get that question a lot. Yes, you absolutely
1: can. You want to be careful to break the suction before you pull it out, because if you don't, you can pull the IUD out. So that does happen because it's a, it works with the suction seal. So when you put the menstrual cup in, you fold it, it opens inside of you, and then you give it a little twist. You want to make sure it suctions in so that it's not falling out. And it's something that occurs naturally when you, when you put it in there. But right. when you take it out, you know, there's a, there's a stem that some people think is a pull tab and you should just pull really hard to get it Ouch. out. You never want to do that. That hurts. And that's yeah. when you can have problems with an IUD. So you just have to make sure you pinch it at the base to break the suction. And you take it out carefully. And as long as you're doing that, you're golden.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I felt that when you said <laughs> <by> the, stem. <laughs> the stem is not a pull tab. Yeah. Okay, so the one that's sticking out to me is, you know, people are probably thinking of TSS which you already mentioned, but it says are there any major risks <clears throat> involved with using the menstrual cup? No major
1: risks and less so than disposables, but with TSS it is a serious condition that can be caused by any inserted product. Um a lot of people don't know that men can get TSS. It's not just, you know, females alone, and it's not just on, you know, the menstrual cycle. There's a lot of conditions that can cause that. But the the real key is simply just awareness around what symptoms you may have. As we've learned, there's really nothing that you can do as far as cleaning. You know, people think that it might be leaving the cup in for a long time or leaving a tampon in for a long time. Length of time doesn't matter. It's really just a perfect storm of several factors that have to exist at the same time to cause TSS. And what you can do about it is just recognizing symptoms to catch it quickly. But menstrual cups do have less of a risk of TSS because there needs to be access to the bloodstream for, um, for the strep to be able to get into the bloodstream. And tampons traditionally have, um, especially the super tampons that were around in the eighties. This is mm-hmm. why TSS was such a big issue then is because when it was pulled, when the, when a dry tampon is pulled out, it can cause micro tearing that can allow access into the bloodstream. menstrual cups don't have that same sort of environment and less environment for, you know, bacterial growth.
0: Right. Okay. So that actually, ties in with the next question. Um, someone said if they overslept and realized that they exceeded their 12 hours, is there you know reason for panic? Is it dangerous? No, they're fine. So we have had people
1: who leave it in for three days. Sometimes we don't oh, wow. recommend that. We, yeah. say 12, <laughs> we say 12 hours basically on flow um, and just, you know, just to be openly cautious, but it's to make sure that you, you know, are able to take it out and dump it. So if you're on a lighter day, 12 hours should cover your flow. If it's a heavier day, four to six hours should be about the amount that you go through. It really depends on people's flows because everybody is different, but that's based on average flows.
0: Um, That actually leads me to a question. So when I first started using the cup, I tried this and I've had people ask me and it's, I don't like to give the advice if I'm not sure. I just know I tried it, but people wanting to use or practice with the menstrual cup before they're on their period. Is that normal? Is it, you know, because you're 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 not as open as you would be when you're on your period. Yeah, no, it's something that we highly
1: recommend. We also recommend doing it in the shower where you know it's a mm-hmm. it's a no-risk zone. You've got water, which yeah. is great. It net water is a natural lubricant, so you can put it in beforehand. Like we said, one moment of bravery is all it takes. So trying yeah. it, putting it in, and then you know, you can be ready for your cycle. Yep.
0: hmm Um, I know we touched on this, but if there's anything you want to add is Someone said they look big. Can it get stuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get stuck because
1: it's a coldest up back um, up there. So yeah. oftentimes when people think that it's stuck and they go into a moment of panic, that's the worst thing you can do because mm. you need be relaxed for it to come out. The worst thing you can do is c- go to the ER and try to, and, and not have any other stops beforehand. So we highly encourage people to reach out to us. If you think your your cup is stuck, if you can't get it out, it's really just about bearing down, you know, just like when you're going to the bathroom, you can bear down and get it out. We have lots of tips and tricks. But people with high cervixes, it can get you know high up there and it can cause people to get in a panic if they can't feel the stem. Like I said, reach out to us immediately. You can you can message us on Instagram, you can message us on Facebook, you can do our live chat, but we have cup coaches that can call you. And that can help you through that situation um, if you think your cup is stuck. And I will tell you, the vast majority of the time, it is not stuck. <laughs> We've only had yeah. one, true, one true scenario where somebody uh, had to go to the emergency room to get it out because it was difficult, but uh,
0: that's
1: very, very rare.
0: Okay. And then would you say there's any truth behind like waking up in the morning and giving it a minute before you're trying to take it out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because you just let gravity do its thing. So if for Mm -hmm. some reason you can't find it, walk around for a while, relax, you know, take a hot bath, whatever it takes. And then, you know, bear down, like we said, to push that cup down a little bit more.
0: And then actually something I recently inquired about in the Facebook group, but I've seen a lot of people talking about like cutting the stem or flipping it inside out. What are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: we created a stem. Fortunately, that you didn't have to cut. Um, Mm -hmm. I was advised when I first started using menstrual cups to, you know, cut the stem if I wanted to, if it was irritate, if it was irritating. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I told my husband, hey, let's create one that has a stem that just doesn't irritate at all. That's soft and flexible. So that solves the problem there. Right. If you if you feel like it's bothering you in some way, you can absolutely cut it. We wouldn't recommend it because most people who do wish they didn't, and then they want it to locate, and they'll contact us. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't recommend it, but but yeah, you can you can totally do that. And I have heard people turning it inside out and having it work for them. Not something
0: that I've done, but other people <laughs> swear by it. So I think to each his own. Right. Which I, I would um assume that the because you said the stem is soft, but also the, the soft version would be softer as well, right? hmm Yep. And then what's what's the major difference there? Yeah, that's for- a great question. So mm-hmm.
1: I would recommend anyone starting out with the salt cup to start with our original firmness cup. And that's because it does pop open easier. It's just the walls are a little bit thicker. And so it's easier for the beginner to make sure that there's no folding. So the softer cup, it is softer, but what that means is it's not going to pop open as easily. So it does take a little bit more manual work to make sure that it opens, make sure it's not folded. Yeah. Um, and usually I would recommend it for experienced venture cup users. But if you have a history of bladder sensitivity and you know, you're going to have discomfort, you can, I mean, anyone can go ahead and try the softer cup. We have a lot of people who love it. I use it myself.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. The soft is what I have, but I do, yeah, I have the bladder sensitivity, but I do have an issue sometimes with just getting it to pop open. So that's good to know. Um, Someone else is asking, what is the difference between a disc? I've heard of menstrual discs, but I don't really know much about them.
1: I love discs. I love them just as much as cups. (laughs) And I feel like as people use more cups, they're going to be demanding discs. Um, we have, we have some innovation in the pipeline (laughs) coming next
0: year. So I was going to say you heard it here first, but I don't know if they did.
1: (laughs) Oh, they, they probably did. I think it's the first time I've mentioned it, but stay tuned. We're we're excited (laughs) to have that.
0: But yeah, Metro
1: Metro discs are wonderful. They sit above the pubic bone and the posterior fornix instead of in the vaginal canal. And so if you have trouble with the cup, you know, sliding in and out, or, you know, some who have a very weak pelvic floor muscles and the cup can often fall out, that happens after people have had a lot of children, Mm -hmm. the disc may be a better option for them. If they have a high cervix and, you know, and you are afraid of it getting stuck, then the disc sits differently than the cup does. So that may be a better option. Or if you have a really low cervix and it sits very low in the vaginal canal and it's uncomfortable, then also the disc could be an option. It's also great for um, mess-free period sex. So that's another perk is that you can can use it and it's flexible enough that you can use it during any course. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's several reasons why a disc could be great for someone. I actually use both. For my periods, so yeah, I'll use a cup and I'll use the disc just depending on the days of my flow.
0: So, yeah, I was already trying to visualize like the shape of it, and then you also mentioned the intercourse part. So when I hear disc, I think of like a round, flat, (laughs) like an actual Mm -hmm. disc. So how does that work? I I imagine something also wider, and then I can't picture how it how it's fitting. Well, you're totally right. It is round and it's
1: flat and it is wiser or wider, Mm -hmm. and that's that's because of where it sits. So. You fold it, but rather than folding it in a C fold or you know, the punch down fold like you would with a cup, it's just a basic fold in the middle. I wish I'm I'm sitting here doing this with my fingers, hoping to <laughs> see, but
0: so it's it still just, collecting or is it just kind of blocking?
1: It does. It collects still. So it it's a little, it's a little, I want to say flimsier at the bottom so that right. it collects, but it can be a little bit of a messier removal, which is something that mm. we're have some innovation around. Excited about, but um, that's okay. probably one of the cons of the disc. Is that the cup has this nice bulb shape that keeps it really intact and it, it retains its shape well. Whereas the disc, it's you know flimsy on purpose so that you can use it for intercourse and because of the way that it sits. And so, like I said, it can be messier. But this is why I actually use a cup on my heavy days and then I use the I use the disc on my lighter days.
0: I, I can't wait can, for this uh, innovation that's coming. <laughs> but
1: it can be used. It can be used on heavy days too. It's just a little bit of trade offs that you have to consider.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, And then it says, I think we've might've covered this briefly, but how do I find my right size and firmness? We have a
1: great tool on our website called our cup quiz. And that's what I would recommend and ask questions based on your flow, based on your cervix height. If you know it based on your pelvic floor strength, based on, you know, your age and whether you've had children or not really age and age is not the biggest indicator. Um, because, you know, people's anatomies can be very different depending on their age. And we have, you know, young girls who are using a regular size cup and who have really heavy flows and, you know, ones, um, on the older side that use the small. So it's, it's really based on flow and cervix height are the two, two biggest factors. Awesome. And then,
0: Ooh, I love this
1: question. So wait, I will answer a little more for, so we have the small and regular size. And if you haven't had intercourse, if you're a virgin, then I would recommend the small hands down. And if you're starting out, start with the small, you can always move to the regular size, which holds, holds more, four times the amount of a tampon versus three times the amount of a tampon. And then if you know you have a higher cervix, then I would recommend the regular size, the larger size and the smaller size for a lower cervix. That said, I have a low cervix and I use a regular size. So either can be used. It really just depends. And the cup quiz is the best way to get your answer.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I actually have two. So I have the soft, regular and um, the small. And I, yeah, I noticed that my cervix will shift depending on the days that I'm on it. So I just, I feel like the, the small is just not going to stay in there on those heavier days. But yeah, that's, I, I also took the quiz. So I think it's a great, a great tool. Wonderful. Um, this next one says, will using a cup cause additional cramping?
1: We've actually found the opposite. So people if you're in the cup academy, but people often mm-hmm. say that the cups cause less cramping for them. Mm-hmm. So those that say that it might cause additional cramping are few and far between. It's vastly yeah. the opposite. It's I have less cramping, I feel like it's shortened my periods. It's not something that I think we can actually, you know, tout medically, but I tell you we hear over and over again that it's more comfortable and that it's it's a better experience than disposables.
0: Yeah, I think like my, my candid answer would be as it's something that's foreign that you're, you know, you're not used to using. I don't know if it was causing more cramping or it was just like the, um, the feeling of it or kind of making myself believe that that's what it was doing in the beginning <laughs> because I know I started off with the small and then I was afraid to move to the regular size and it just so happens I had just boiled both of them I had them sitting on a napkin on the counter while I was in the shower and just accidentally grabbed the regular uh- <laughs> and I had been afraid for weeks to try that or for months to try that one and just put the regular on accident and then kind of panicked but then thought well it's already in there now so you know that it's working but yeah I felt in the beginning maybe more. Of a, just an adjustment period, and then now it's I. I am a person that experiences really heavy cramping, and I've noticed the decrease a lot.
1: Yeah, that's great. Some people might um, experience some discomfort on their bladder, and in that case, I would recommend the softer cup and maybe just repositioning it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, this is a good question. I've actually um, I've thought of myself, but it says, "Can <laughs> what are some tricks that I can use to insert or remove my cup when I have acrylics?" Oh, I just take mine off when I'm on my period because I'm afraid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish yeah. we had
0: one of our cup coaches here. Cause
1: I, I don't know if I know the answer to mm-hmm. this question. Well, um, one thing that I've heard for sure is doing the punch down fold, punch down fold, turning it upside down and then inserting it because what it does is it allows for the pop out to be on the bottom and just mm. in that position, if you turn it upside down, then that makes it easier along the tissue to be able to pop open. Well, mm-hmm. um, gosh, other than that, I know that you need to be cautious with acrylics to make sure that you're not nicking the cup and being careful, but mm-hmm. I
0: might or have like to get bacteria. back to you that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, also they can join the Facebook group too, because ask the question. Yeah. Oh, I know
1: it's been asked and I know that our team is constantly answering that question, but, uh, it's, it's not one that I've, I know all the tips and tricks for, but I, I love it and they there. do.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're great. They're always jumping in. They're awesome. <clears throat> okay. We have three more left. It says, what is the best way to take it out? I've tried over the toilet as I see many people do, and it just does not work for me. Hmm.
1: Um. So there's different ways that you can use. You can put one, one leg up on the, on the bathtub and then take it out that way or do it in the shower. I think those are two really easy ways to do it. Obviously you want to make sure that you're in an area that may not make a mess. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing it on the bed for instance, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) And as as long as you're holding it upright, you're fine. It's it's not going to make a mess, but there's, you know, you're going to have a little blood on your hands and there's going to be some spots that could happen. So yeah, I would say if if the toilet is not working for you, then lift up the leg, do it in the bathtub. And then the shower is always great. You can put a leg up on the shower wall
0: okay awesome and then um i can also kind of give my personal experience on this question but it says i am a swimmer and i also am and i am an athlete will these cups work for me and i can just say i am a runner i do power yoga i have the soft um i know some people are afraid of that and they think maybe the firm firm one only works in that way but i have no issues Yeah, no, it's one of the
1: best things you can do as an athlete and Mm -hmm. a swimmer. So it's wonderful that you can swim with it in. It creates that suction seal. And so you're not getting, you know, the kind of chlorine and just toxins in your body as you do. when you have a tampon in there that absorbs everything along with your menses. And so it's perfect for swimmers. It can last longer. You know, you're not worried about blood in the pool. It's just provides so much confidence.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then the last one I have here is how the heck do period underwear work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all surprised by that, but people do have that question. So yeah. they want to know
1: how it works with the built-in liner. People think I wear my liner on top of it. We're like, no, it's built in. It replaces mm. pads, which is amazing. So, and it can last for several years to replace those pads, but it's really the fabric technology that makes it so amazing because you have this really thin gusset. You think there's no way that it can hold as much, you know, of, of my period flow that it can hold my heavy days. But it can, and that's because the internal fabric, we have three layers on our underwear. The first one has these wonderful channels that allow the moisture and the liquid to pass through, but not come back up so that it keeps it nice and dry on the top. And the second layer is our absorbent layer that holds three times its weight in liquid. It's just amazing what you can do with the kind of thread technology they have these days. Mm -hmm. And then the third layer is a leak-proof barrier. And so it can hold that liquid well, it distributes it well throughout the gusset, then all you do is you just wash it. I recommend hand-washing because I think it's easy and fast, but you can also machine wash. You just don't want to put it in the dryer because it can destroy the tech. So just make sure that you hang dry and then you just reuse it over and over again. It's pretty magical and it feels just like regular underwear. It's so thin. People are always so comfortable. Astonished.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then lastly, I just want to know what, are there any mantras that you live by? Any you know seeds of advice you can give to people if it's just as far as the salt, cup goes, starting a business or just anything in life. I love a quote by Oprah where she said, now I'm trying to make
1: sure I say it right. (laughs) You can give us the gist. Oh, you can say it. I know (laughs) I'm going to search to make sure I have it. She says the biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams. And I always say you should be dreaming big and following your dreams as an entrepreneur, you know, or just as a cup user, We, we like to say that cups allow you to live your element or live your best life because instead of being worried, you know, one month, one week out of every month and, you know, putting things on hold, putting your vacation on hold, or, you know, worrying about what you can wear, it just provides that freedom to live authentically how you want to live.
0: Awesome. I love it. And then if you want to dive in, I know that it's kind of, you know, under wraps right now with the innovations that you're working on, but if you could just tell us, you know, how people can learn more about you, salt, where they can find you. And then if there's anything else that you want to discuss that I may have missed previously.
1: Yeah. You can find us on salt.com. We're also on all the social t- channels, even TikTok. We've even started there, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I would say look for us to continue to innovate in the reusable, sustainable space. So something unique about salt is that we're never going to offer disposable products that are bad for the environment. That is just part of our B Corp mission and something we really believe in because we're very committed to that sustainability mission. So we have a stellar product development team and we're continuing to innovate. So like I said, you're going to see more in the cup space. You're going to see more in the period underwear space. We have a lot that we are doing there. So stay tuned because next year is going to be exciting.
0: I am excited. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sheree. It's been an honor. It was really, really great. I learned a lot throughout this experience and I hope that the audience got to as well. Thank you so much, Lana.